to you by the Tortured Poets Department. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chan. Just a couple of tortured poets. Tortured poets. Um, doing doing some pretty necessary work, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to, you know, take into account, reflect, yeah. pause. Um, I think it's an important practice. Um, before we get into that, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a long day. Mm-hmm. It's Monday as we record this, so you yeah. got feel that right. He was right. Hates Monday, loves lasagna. All I've had today was Monday. I didn't have any lasagna. I didn't either. I had some pretty delicious sushi pizza. Oh, my. I had canes. Oh, that's good, too. Which is always good, yeah. We went to a new sushi restaurant near us, and they had a sushi pizza, so I had to try it. I mean, you have to. That's pretty good. You gots to try it. So is the crust like the rice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was, like, crisp somehow. I'm not even 100% sure how. Mm. And then it had some cheese on it, and then it had... Cheese on sushi? Avocado, eel, um, like slices of avocado. Uh, eel... Just a whole one, unpeeled. Sitting right in the middle. Right in the middle. Um, shrimp, and then eel sauce, and um, spicy mayo. Sounds delicious. It was. It was very good. I'd eat it. Actually, I, the shrimp, I, I couldn't eat it. That's so sad. It is. So much that we built on this show. I'm such a different person now. Well, that's the whole point. Actually, I was very much the same person then. I just didn't really know it. You were... Unable to eat or drink anything? Uh-huh. But I was eating and drinking it. Paying the price. I suppose that's fair. Yeah, but it's Monday. And it's at my job, it's like testing season. So I was just like testing kids all day, which is really boring. Um, necessary, they tell me. Um, and boring. Mm-hmm. When is testing season over for you? Um, the window for it closes at spring break. So that's oh, like wow. mid-March. So you're still doing a lot of testing. Uh I've still got about 70 left to give. Okay. Okay. That's out of nearly 300, so... Well, I expect you to get through a whole season of Kamen Rider. I got through two episodes of Saber today. Ooh. And like a third of my book that I'm reading. Well, save save all that combo for the other podcast, but... Oh, I will. um, By the time our next podcast episode on that comes out, I'm hoping to have watched a whole season, so... Very impressive. I don't think I'll hit that myself. You should. You're in testing season. Perhaps. But my book is good. It's true, but you did a third of it today. Now I got two thirds tomorrow and you're free. That's true. It's true, it's true. Math. It's a wonderful thing. So So you might be saying to yourself at home, there's no more episodes left. Mm-hmm. There's no more season seven tournament. Mm-hmm. This isn't the reboot. Or the worst episode of the show, or the best episode of the show. What are we doing here? Is my what you might be saying to yourself, and you know what I'm saying to you, dear audience member. Same. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that before the season seven, especially the season seven um, or the the series, I suppose tournament, um, the series tournament, and mm-hmm. before. The silliness of the reboot, and before um, we probably the silliness of the worst episode too. Yeah, the silliness of the worst episode, and the the wildness of the timeline episode. 
Um, I feel like we accomplished a big thing, and we just need to talk about it. We did. We talk about it with our listeners. We need to take some time and just decompress, debrief, debunk conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about Jonathan Turner not being Corey Matthews. Yeah, that's ridiculous that people think he's not. I know. Um, it's just foolish. Um, insert insert picture of Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid. Yeah. How could you think that that's not the case? But yeah, we put we put Corey back in the game, and he was Jonathan Turner. If you are um, if you are wondering what the heck we're talking about, go back to about se- the end of season four when we do our in memoriam for Jonathan Turner. Yes, it gets it gets wet and wild. We bust the we bust the door open on that one. Um, we told it to our friends Alden and Tanya, who are also Boy Meets World experts. And they are like, yeah, that's it. That's, that's what else could it be? Honestly. So I'm not saying we're right, but we're right. We are. We're just right. It's um, okay. It's okay to admit. So um, Cameron and I are going to talk about our journey, talk about where we started, where we ended. Yeah. Um, talk, talk about, about our walk, interview questions. Um, and one of them is uh, what mine is actually, we've already done it. But um, what is your favorite thing to come out of the show? Um, and honestly, well, besides, you know, the obvious things, like the friends we made along the way. Yeah, I mean, that's the real thing. Yeah, Alden and Tanya, Siege and TC, um, Drew Davenport, all of them. That's the answer, right? My brother-in-law. Your brother-in-law, my wife, um, mm-hmm. who was my girlfriend when we started, and my fiancé at some point. He wasn't um, my brother-in-law when we started. That's not true. No, it's true. Oh, was he when he, he was in the first episode in season two? Was he your brother-in-law yet? I don't think so. Oh, he was just sister's boyfriend or uh-huh. sister-in-law's boyfriend, I suppose. Sister-in-law's boyfriend. I'm looking. That's the wrong show. Um, when was that released? Nope, they weren't married yet. They weren't married. They weren't even engaged yet. Oh my. Cameron's sister-in-law and I have gotten married since we started this. But, so, of, like, doing the show, my favorite thing to come out of it is definitely the um, the Jonathan Turner-Corey with Minkus's help connection. Uh-huh. For those of you who don't, like, remember, um, we theorized, and it just makes too much sense not to be a thing, uh, when season two starts... Um, they really give Jonathan Turner and Corey kind of equal time. Um, and it happens an odd amount through season two. Um, we know, like, network-wise, they were really trying to capture that Friends audience with some, like, older shenanigans. The let's capture Friends by doing a Friends, but with just one guy mm-hmm. on a family show. Yeah. Well, one guy, it was really about him and Feeney. And his dating life and all that. Uh-huh. But, but like, friend. Mm-hmm. Not even friend. Co-worker. <laughs> um, he will spend this season kind of guiding young Corey and Sean. And he will spend the next season um, being a surrogate father of sorts uh, for Sean. And um, then he will fade away um, slowly in season four uh, into into nothingness. Um, and then he will disappear and never be mentioned again. 
um, except one time that's very important. Mm -hmm. um, because only, mentioned it. Uh, yes, because he is mentioned by uh, one character who also disappears and is never mentioned before or after again, um, who is Stuart Minkus, um, which leads us to the obvious conclusion. Um, and honestly, I mean, the curly hair, the obsession with Sean... Um, Need we go on? The the living a life he was never able to as a as a young uh, person, um, as a attractive adult, um, leads us to the obvious conclusion that Jonathan Turner never existed. That he was a Corey Matthews from a future where he and Sean were never friends, um, and it was a terrible future because their friendship is very important to the makeup of this world. So. A time displaced, a canonically time displaced Minkus, by the way, um, uh, wants to save his home timeline. So he brings a version of Corey from the future back to the past and to take care of Sean and make sure that he uh, doesn't go too far so that their friendship can maintain. Once the cult episode is done, he is no longer needed. He fades from everyone's memory and existence itself. Bingo, bango, bongo. Clear as day. Um, no one thinks about him or Minkus ever again until Minkus has to make one more visit to the timeline um, where they suddenly remember him for... Well, they only remember Minkus because they could care less about Turner when Turner is mentioned. So uh -huh. he's actually in the timeline. Um, and uh, I just love this theory. The more I think about it, the more sense it makes. Um, I'm pretty convinced it's correct. Um, whether the writers intended it or not, it's my favorite thing to come out of the show. Yeah. Cameron, what about you? Hmm. I think, and this has nothing to do with Boy Meets World. Okay. Though I do have a Boy Meets World-centric answer, but maybe it'll come up later because I don't know what your questions are. But I think my favorite thing that came out of this podcast is the Yeasty Boys. Oh, Yeah. Um, you know, it was our podcast within a podcast talking about all things bread and some different baked goods. Um, was I think what it really did, I think at the heart of what it really did is it made me appreciate so many things that were around me all the time that I never really stopped to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Like that's an important practice of just like remembering and acknowledging the good things that are in your life. Even something as simple as like good bread. Mm -hmm. Like you need you need to do that and like build that habit into your life. And then yes, we sort of we built that into a rhythm, both of us of our lives of like, I want I want to enjoy something so that I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um I think there's a that that aspect of it too of like talking with people about the things that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is this whole entire podcast, if not that? Um, but it's just like in miniature, going out of my way sometimes even to find something that I know will be enjoyable so that I could share that with you and with our listeners um, of just like, hey, you got to check this out. Um, or this particular thing is so good. Or uh, I made this thing and I even went out of my way and like tried to make bread a time or two. Mm -hmm. uh, which was very exciting. And you need to do that more. Um, you know, life is just busy, but you know, it just kind of encouraged 
sort of that practice of reflection and seeking out things that made me happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's good and that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally also, agree. I finally ate babka. Yeah, we all we finally ate babka. I know what it is. Yeah, you know what it tastes like warmed up and cold, which I only know what it tastes like. Yeah, cold. you only you only know half the story. I only know half the story. I'm a babka neophyte. Mm-hmm. You're a journeyman. Exactly. Next step, making my own. That seems very hard. I don't think I'm going to do that. Hmm. I wonder if it'd be hard to make babka. I bet. I bet Great British Baking Show has a recipe. It's got to be a thing. Surely. Um. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Um. So I guess my favorite was one of the theories we came up with. Um, We're just going back and forth. What? Are we just continuing doing more? No, no. I was gonna say. Um. Just in the interest of that. What? How about you answer now? What's your favorite like Boy Meets World centric thing? And I'll answer my favorite non Boy Meets World thing that came out. Okay, my favorite of the Boy Meets World centric things because it's another thing that I think makes so much sense, and it's just like it turns something that on the outside a lot of people think about but maybe don't remember right, but it makes it much more interesting and beautiful, and that's the Lauren saga. Mm-hmm. and the Corey and Topanga breakup. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. viewing it through the lens of Sean mm-hmm. and the way each episode, he is, if not the focus, like he's a major focus mm-hmm. of each of those episodes as he's like dealing with the collapse of Corey and Topanga's relationship. And like that he literally does move through the five stages of grief mm-hmm. over those episodes. And you can like map it one-to-one. Um, and I, just, I think it's so interesting. Is it like, did this just, did they just back their way into this? Mm-hmm. Or was it intentional? And I almost think it wasn't because I don't feel like subtlety, <laughs> like the bread and butter of just a family sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't especially seem to be the general strength of the writers for the show, at least as far as I can tell. Um but the fact that they just did that and like that's what came out of it and you can clearly read it that way, um, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And kind of just seeing the way that like a created work, a work of art, a work of television can kind of transcend mm-hmm. even its intentions and in the minds of the audience, it can take on this whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, death of the author and whatnot. Yeah. Get that author out of here. <laughs> well, yeah. I- that would be something I would ask the season, the season five creators, um, very specifically. Like, like was it a plan? Was it was the breakup of Corey and Topanga? Because so many people remember it about Corey and Topanga, but was it like was it your intention all along to make it about Sean? Like, you know, we found this this pattern of mapping the episodes that they're broken up with Sean to the five stages of grief. Um, and we think like it's not ridiculous to say so. Um, is that something that you intended? Mm-hmm. Please tell us. Um, I've never I've never heard anyone ask that question. Um, let me do mine, but that actually brings up a good next question for this. Um, so I'll do mine real quick because um, it's not profound. I just think it's funny. Um, I think my favorite like non Boy Meets World thing we did pretty regularly was the um, do not invite list. <laughs> um, we brought it, we brought it fairly sparingly, um, but I just, 
I think it's so funny. Um, uh, and it has real world applications too. I don't think, you know, we, we invite people to listen to the show, but uh, we want people to like us for us, not like caricatures of us um, or like idealized versions of us. And um, the do not invite list is just very much like us being like, that person is terrible mm-hmm. or that person is boring or that person is bad for the world. Yes. Um, I wouldn't want to listen to a whole podcast about that. But <laughs> maybe that could be our new thing. Don't come on the show. Don't come on the show. Us uninviting people to come on the show. Every every week, us and a guest talk about why another guest is not invited on the show. <laughs> do we want to? Do we want to each take a turn and uninvite someone from the show? Please, you can go first. Oh, I've got two. Okay. Um, I'm going to do one, and maybe it's one of your two. Okay, good. I'm going to say Benjamin Netanyahu, don't come on the show. That was one of mine. We that did was it. one of mine. <laughs> um, especially no. after yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's, all, it's all, it's very bad. It's I know very early bad. on we, we like took a stance of like, we're not going to talk about this, and I still don't feel super well-versed mm-hmm. to talk about it. But literally nothing is good that well, Israel's doing. We made we made that statement when we started this, uh-huh. and back then I stood by it. But this has gone way too far. Way too many people have died. This is evil now. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I was never one to say free Palestine before because I knew like, man, the issue is really complicated. But right now, free free Palestine. Like Benjamin Netanyahu is a monster. Do it. He has at least turned me entirely against him. Which I was never like really for him. But uh-huh. like, was he, he doesn't care. <laughs> He's yeah. not like, oh no, chances against me. <laughs> um, well, but I think it's I think it's culturally significant that people are like seeing that this has gone too far. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, free Palestine. <laughs> Don't come on the show, Benjamin Netanyahu. That was one of mine. Um, the others, the other one, I don't think we've banned them. Um, I want to, um, but the Green fam, the the Hobby Lobby Green fam. Oh, I thought you meant John and Hank Green, and I was like, no, oh, no, they can come on the show. They can come on the show all they want. I'm talking about the founders of Hobby Lobby, the Green Bros. You're welcome, founders yeah. of Hobby Lobby. Yeah, but Chance, he gets us. Um, <laughs> exactly. I I texted you this morning, and I kind of riled myself up before mm-hmm. I did, but I was just like, you know, because I went on their website. That he gets this website and it's like, we're not a political organization. We're not left and right. We're finding that middle ground that Americans won't. And I just got really angry. And I'm like, you know what? Black people don't need to find middle ground with racists. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. women don't need to find middle ground with misogynists. Like, this is, you're bad people. Like, I think gay people shouldn't exist. Like, that's not like, <laughs> what a what a belief you've got! Yeah, we can't find a, a middle ground there. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no middle. There there is no middle. Well, and it, it, and people treat it like people treat it like me saying the LGBTQ plus community shouldn't exist is like is just like Jews not eating pork. It's the same. No, it's really, really, really not. It's not the same. Um, he gets us. Anyone involved with he gets us, but especially, especially the Green family. Again, the it's a very common last name. We're talking specifically about the founders of Hobby Lobby. Don't yeah, if you're last, and your last name is Green, and you have nothing to do with Hobby Lobby. You're good. And aren't just a terrible person in general. Like, come on, 
John and Hank Green, also welcome. Yeah, welcome anytime. Um, I'm sorry you shared the last name with terrible people who uh, traffic antiquities and... I was about to say, we probably all share a last name with terrible people, but then you added the traffic antiquities and that really narrowed the field. Yes. Yes. Um, my wife and I made up our last name and it's only really possessed by one family who pronounces it differently in uh, Louisiana. So I don't think I do. Mm-hmm. They pronounce it Mire. Uh, Mir. Mir. Um, and, and I couldn't find much about them anyway. They're probably all right. Um, Maybe. I'm going to choose to believe they're all right. I'll choose, I'll, I'll choose to believe. But yeah. So, um, yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu and the Green family don't come on the show. We don't want I'm glad, I'm glad we had a moment of synergy. It's true. I, I riled myself up earlier today about Benjamin Netanyahu as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's my favorite. Um, the thing you mentioned earlier, um, what is... Let's make it a two-part question. Okay. What is, now that you've watched the series, you've analyzed the series in a way that most people never will, even people who think they're analytical and watch the show haven't really done it like we have. Um, and it's not a... Uh, That's a not like a, you're not as good as us. That's just like, you didn't sit down and talk it through. Yeah. About for like a 22-minute episode of television for like an hour and 15 minutes at least. Yeah. And, and again, no one should. Yeah. <laughs> That's not um, us like flexing. It's not. We talked like, about this. Kind of, we made a mistake. <laughs> we, we we talk about this with Alden and Tanya. It's like, oh, this this was never meant to consume this way. We probably did a bad job. By you may God have mercy on our souls. Um, but um, what is one misconception you had about the series of Boy Meets World? Um, what is one misconception you had about it that you no longer do? And what is one misconception that kind of irks you that the fandom has about the series um, that you now know is not true? Hmm. I can go ahead and answer one if you are not ready. Um, I can answer the first part. And I think my misconception was Corianta Panga's relationship being good <laughs> and like <laughs> and like super central to the story. Uh huh. And it's like, it's it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's neither good nor central. Agreed. That's it. <laughs> I feel like that's that's fairly self-explanatory. Um, I think mine is fairly similar, honestly. Um, Sean was always my favorite character. Just how often Sean is the main character. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Sean is the main character, like meaningfully more than Corey is. Corey is often the main character in silliness, but Sean is often the main character more. I, I would say more often than who the main character. If the criteria is who is the main character and it matters, I would say Sean outpaces Corey quite significantly. Mm-hmm. For sure, because it like he actually learns and grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, season seven might skew it a little in Corey's favor because Sean isn't in season seven very much. Yeah. Um, but still, it is just, it is just baffling to me. I mean, you know, you've got obvious examples that we brought up earlier of the, the Lauren saga, how it's about, it's seven-ish episodes from like falls off the bus to kissing on the monkey bars. And really only two of those episodes really feature Corey in any major prominent way. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest are really Sean focused or character 
where Corey plays a side kind of character. Or th- I guess three of those. But, um, um, and uh, you know that's the obvious one, but also like, and I think I think Pod Meets World is learning this too. Like season four is just about Sean. Uh huh. <laughs> like he, how are he and his dad getting along? How? It, oh, now Verna's back. Like. Yeah, um, it's all very Sean centric. Yeah, and when Corey's the main character, it's like, oh, I almost burned down the chemistry lab, and but I didn't burn down the chemistry lab, but now people think I'm a hero. It's like, yeah, it's a bit like hijinks, one-off hijinks, <laughs> very sitcommy. Like this is all self-contained, and here it is. Whereas Sean is like an arc. Yeah. And I think this is just a misconception I had. Like, I, I really thought it, it was mostly about Corey with, like, a few side er, uh, episodes about Sean and Eric. Um, and I really think, like, man, if you if you, if you you map that out, Eric and Sean, like, eclipse Corey. I don't think Eric has more than him. I'm saying them together. Like, maybe double Corey's amount of mm-hmm. meaningful main episodes. Yes. For real. And I think what I think of uh, misconceptions that I still see people have mm-hmm. that irk me. And I, I know where this one comes from because it's really easy to just everything sort of amalgamates. Mm-hmm. And there's just this like distillation of what the character is. But I, th- and I noticed this especially when we went to the Pod Meets World live show, just like this idea that um, Amy and Alan are like good parents. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'll give you in like the first season mm-hmm. when they're actually like a focus and actually characters on the show and like they do have learning moments just the same as Corey does mm-hmm. um, and we see like the Water War episode where Alan is like a really good dad um, and like cares about his kids and like the episode where Alan is getting cut back his hours or whatever and they can't go to goofy golf and he builds a goofy golf thing in their backyard or when the parents are like pretending that they have their meeting and their bowling league so they can sneak off and have dates like those are like interesting like very real things mm-hmm. and paint them as like f- more fleshed out real people and we see them like make mistakes and we see them learn things um it's really good but at some point maybe during season two, they just like drop off. Yeah. Um, and Alan just like exists to put his foot in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Amy exists to be upset when Alan puts his foot in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that that's true. Um, I, I, I would agree. The, the Alan and Amy, like, you know, I think it comes from a few places. I think it comes from like, you know how sometimes people say, if you have a consonant heavy word and you take out all the vowels in the middle, people will still normally get the word because if the beginning and end is the same, mm-hmm. I kind of think it's the same with Amy and Alan. Um, people remember the, um, the fact, I, I think people have huge misconceptions about the argument in um, season seven about the house. People are like, <laughs> Corey's asking for handouts. And I think like, there's a lot more nuance there. Um, but I think people remember like the whole like, oh yeah, he's teaching him how to be a real man thing from season seven. And they also remember the beginning, the um, like all the episodes you said, I think were, were great examples, but no one remembers the middle. <laughs> no mm-hmm. one remembers like Alan in one episode saying, Sean, you're welcome forever. And in the next episode being like, is he gone yet? 
and just complaining about him the whole time and making him uh, making Sean himself feel awful. Yeah. For something he can't control. Seriously. No one remembers that, Alan. No one remembers the that basically their dynamic in season like three, four, and five is like Alan says a dumb thing and then Amy makes a joke about withholding sex from him. Yep, classic. It's a classic formula. So yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good one. Um I think the misconception that kind of kind of does irk me um about the show. And I think as you know, I'm an avid Pod Meets World listener. Um not always happily, but I am. Um I think it kind of annoys me how much everyone thinks the show is about kissing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a this is a weird misconception that I've been dispelled. There really isn't that much. Um, like, I feel like there is a lot at the point where they are. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a whole episode. I guess it's in season three where it's like, Sean, you only care about kissing, and it's like, yeah, that feels accurate to this point in the show, but it's really just that point. Yeah, well, there, there are episodes that are all about kissing, like, but you know. Um, Wilfred Dell has said several times, like, oh, he just remembers having to, like, make out with a new girl every week. I'm like, when does... <laughs> I don't really remember him having many, many girlfriends. Yeah, I, I think he he makes out with Jennifer Love Hewitt. He makes out with um, with Ryan's mom, um, the little kid Ryan. Uh-huh. He makes out with... He maybe makes out with one girl in all of the college years. Yeah, it's not much. It's really not. And Sean, yeah, Sean is probably the one that's the most about it, but really only in episodes that are like specifically focused on Sean's reputation. Mm-hmm. It's not all the time. It's it's not. And it, it, it's not a main part of the show. I think the episodes that it is a part of, like, you know, Corey and the, the episode where Corey and Topanga get back together, um, in the in college, like the kissing between Sean and Angela and Corey and Topanga is so like comedically overblown mm-hmm. that it gets that into people's heads. Um, but really, on an episode to episode basis, it's not that big a part of the show. Yeah, it's no Dawson's Creek. I've never seen Dawson's Creek. I imagine there's lots of kissing on it. Listen to Shit 90 show about it. You'll know. I guess I could. Or I could just, you know, watch it. Yeah, I guess so. That seems um, dumb. Yeah, and, and we've mentioned a few already, like, on the podcast. Uh, the Jack thing, that Jack is a, a terrible, selfish person the whole time. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, not. not. Or um, just, like, generally not liking Rachel. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost never didn't like Rachel. It's like, Rachel never did anything wrong. Yes. If anything, she doesn't do much. Yeah, and the episode she's in is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love the early season episodes. I, I don't love how sexualized she is, obviously, um, but I do love the early season episodes of like them try- them trying to adjust to having a female roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fit pretty fantastic. I don't know that she should have stayed on the show in seasons six and seven um, if she because that was kind of her whole thing was being part of that dynamic. Um, but I've never been sad to see her, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is she in season five? I meant, uh, yeah. 
You're right. Season six and seven. I just I couldn't remember. But no, because season five is when Sean lives with with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I just mean in season seven um, when she's like trying to make her best friends with Angela, but Angela's already best friends with Topanga. It's a little. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was never unhappy to see her. No, I just she's great. Um, I just uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, Rachel is great. So with that, kind of a similar question, but more of a positive spin. Uh, what was your What was your biggest surprise of the series? Oh goodness, you go first. I keep going first. I know you just muted your mic, but you go first. <laughs> I only muted it for a second. Um, my biggest surprise of the series, I think it has to be season four. Um, I never thought about season four very much. I, my favorite negative surprise was season six because I remember everyone always saying like, oh, the college years is when Boy Meets World got bad. And I was always like, no, I love the college years. They were right and I was wrong. They were right. Yeah, we all make mistakes. <laughs> um, like Miss Frizzle always said, take chances, make mistakes, get messy. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> um, but I would say like, I always thought that the best seasons were three, seasons three and five. Um Probably because they're, they're they're the more memorable. Probably, I mean, you've got like the Corias Topanga out, and then they break up, and then they get back together at Disney. M five is the whole Lauren thing. So I probably would have told you that those were my favorite two seasons. But like thinking back, I'm like, season four is the best season. It's not like it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I've before we did this podcast said that. And I don't know if I would agree now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just because I'm nostalgic for the old days. Um, but that Boy Meets World is kind of a horseshoe. Where in terms of the quality of the seasons, it's like one is low, two is higher, three is higher, four is the peak. And then it's like, it's, you know, it's normal. It's normalized data. Mm-hmm. It's a bell curve with season four sitting at the peak. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't know if that's season exactly four was season three, wasn't it? What? Your favorite season before was season three, wasn't it? I mean, that's the one that I've watched the most, but I still think I would have said four was my favorite. Oh, okay. Um, thinking back, though, some of the episodes that are like, these are the best episodes, I don't think I necessarily agree that they are, like the Trailer Park Thanksgiving episode, <laughs> um, which was still good. It was just a bad <laughs> metaphor. It's a bad metaphor. <laughs> it's a bad I mean, metaphor, man. Feeny using, using John Brown as like a bad... A bad dude. Uh-huh. John Brown's Night Raids. It's like, no, those were good, Feeney. Oh, he was... we're, we're glad for those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was killing people, but those were like rampant enslavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to kill anyone. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the biggest surprise for me, I think it's just because watching this as a kid, Mm-hmm. It didn't like stand out or I didn't relate, but it was maybe how much I enjoyed Turner and Eli's relationship mm-hmm. um, and just Eli as a character in general. Um, Cause I know season three is one that I've watched the most. So I was very much aware of Eli, but just how good he is as a character um, and how much he's missed mm-hmm. when he's gone. Really both Turner and Eli. We know why Turner's gone because his job was done and Corey, you know, Corey had saved Sean. Um, yeah, Corey had saved Sean from the from the last obstacle, the cult. Mm-hmm. No more obstacles after that. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's like, you've got this through like 
alcoholism and the death of your father, the abandonment of your mother. Like, don't worry about those things. But the cult, I got you that far. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Minkus had seen all possible futures. Mm -hmm. And he knew, like, all those things were just going to bring Corey and John closer together. He needed to when get you, When you looked and saw only one footprint <laughs> in the sand, that was because I left you because I knew you could handle it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's not promising him an easy time. He's promising him... And he'll get through it. He'll get through it. So, yeah. That's a good, that's a good one. Um, with that, just kind of based on what we were talking about, let's it, totally individually, no definitive tournaments or anything. Let's rank the seasons, worst to best. Okay. Um, I think we're both agreed that four is the best. Yes. I still think three is up there for me. Okay. I feel like it's just very special. I think the Ravon episode is still one of the best episodes of the show. Because mm. um, it's very fun. Um, gosh, I don't know. What do you think is the worst season? Is it seven? It's seven. Seven's the worst. We've got it. We've got our high and our low. Yeah. And now we just got to stack the middle. Is six the next worst? For me, it's got to be between six and one. Uh-huh. But I find one charming in a way I don't really find six. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, one still was like the core concept of the original. Mm -hmm. Of like, kid learns life lessons every week. Mm -hmm. um, whereas even by six, that was like out the window. Yeah. Um, I think the highs of six are higher. Um, Name one high from season six. Uh, Santa's little helper. Okay, fine. That is a good high. Yeah, and, and you know the 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 Joshua story. While I hate Corey in it, I like. Mm -hmm. like yeah, it's very story. relatable to me, as I said. Yeah, like and then um, the beginning, um, most of the college episodes, that again aren't Corey being terrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. There are definitely some of those, like the one with the kid painter, Where Corey being terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when he's like bullying Angela to being a friend, uh -huh. but um, I think the highs are higher, but I just think the lows are too low. Okay, so seven lowest, then six, then one. Now we need to put two, five, and three. Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna agree up to this point, but I think they're gonna diverge here. Uh huh. Because I would also put for the highest seven, six, one as the lowest. Uh huh. Hmm. I'll just say it. You know, I, I didn't appreciate two while it was on, but season two is my second highest season. I have been nostalgic oh. for it and wanting it back ever since it finished. You know, that was the height of the Harley Frankie Joey. Um, you know, I got I got tired of it at the time. And, and and I kind of blame this on my own preconceptions of what Boy Meets World was. This the this like theme throughout of constantly constantly trying to find your identity. Um, I let myself um, get tired of that. And I think I was just like, oh, when are we going to get through all this and get to what Boy Meets World is? See, God, that's what it go is. back to that. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, I still think for me, I like three more mm -hmm. than two. Um, but two has some wonderful moments. Um, and two is just really like they, I feel like they were hitting their stride. Mm -hmm. So I'd be willing to go one, three, two, five. One, three, two, five. Yeah. And I, or not so, one, three, two, five, four, three, two, five, one, six, seven. Yeah. And I think mine's only going to vary slightly because I, 
Um, I think mine is going to be uh, four, two, five, three, one, uh, six, seven. Mm. Challenging stuff. Um, which is never where I thought I would be. I never thought I would put two that high. Um, I thought I would put one the lowest. Um, but yeah, I for sure, in order of quality for me, it's got to go one, two, uh, five, one, two, five, three, or no, four, two, five, three. Um, mm-hmm. one six seven you know what's funny mm-hmm. is i have even before i'm part of a community facebook group mm-hmm. and i could go on that facebook group and i could say two three five six one four and everyone would know what i'm talking about and everyone would chime in with their opinions mm-hmm. i don't know if i could go to the boy meets world facebook group that i'm a part of and say uh four three two five one six seven and then pick up on it what do you mean like i don't know i don't i don't know if there'd be a lot of a feedback or if they people would i'm just gonna do it okay yeah let's I'm see post, i'm gonna post it just the numbers just the numbers because the community group knows but the facebook group what's the difference between a community group and a facebook group well community is about the tv show community oh yes 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 four three two five one six seven that's what i said post Someone's got to approve it, so it's not going to be immediate. Okay. Or maybe by the time the next episode rolls around, we can revisit that. Um, yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll pick that up on a future episode to see what, what exactly we would go for. I'm just curious if people would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Some people would get it for sure. Surely. Surely. Um, did you put like, what do you think or anything like that? Nope. <laughs> put the numbers. Just put the numbers. This is a controlled experiment. <laughs> I don't um, think that's what a controlled experiment means. What? I said I don't think that's what a controlled experiment means. <laughs> no. No. Um this is something that I thought about yesterday. This is something uh-huh. I thought about yesterday. Um like us actually recording. This may take you a minute to think about. Um but us actually recording. What is one memory? I'm not going to ask your favorite memory because like I feel like that would take a long time. But what is one memory that just sticks out as like one you love, just un unabashedly love? I have an instant answer, and that oh, was yeah. um, the alcohol episode with Drew Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was just a a very fun time. It was a fun time. Uh, we didn't have that much to drink, but we. I I felt it strongly. <laughs> uh, I don't drink a lot though. Like I'm a big dude. I'm like 250 pounds, and I was more than that at that point. Um, but I was I was a, just a tin schnockered. I think <laughs> that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Um, the one I was thinking about yesterday. Man, I love the opening to our Super Bowl episode <laughs> where we did Super Bowl Fever. <laughs> and, oh, uh-huh. and I memorized all the stats from Super Bowl '98. <laughs> I just think about it. Yesterday was the Super Bowl for those listening later, or um, just you know, even there. when this comes out, yeah, and we've all uh, forgotten at that point. Taylor Swift her award. Yes, yes, Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. We should all uh, congratulate her. She she deserves it. Um, <laughs> but the Super Bowl fever opening, I remember it very vividly. Um, we recorded it in your living room together for some reason. 
I don't remember why. And your children were asleep, so we're trying to be like really boisterous football people with like mm-hmm. our voices, uh, but we're also like trying to keep kind of quiet. Uh-huh. <laughs> instead of like, instead of yelling it, man. That's the only episode we ever recorded in your living room, and I'm yeah, still that's a strange there. choice. Why did that happen? I don't think I, I don't was. Know. I don't think I was married yet. But I still feel like we were like mostly zooming and skyping uh, episodes. I'm not sure why that happened. I really don't know. Um, it wasn't actually on this show. It was on our other show. But when oh. I got sick and ran off to throw up, <laughs> <laughs> I cut it out. But I was yartsing pretty loud in the background. It's true. From the other side of my house, you could hear it. Like, that's pretty impressive. I can attest I was on the line and I had no idea what was going on. I just saw you be like, I gotta go. <laughs> the saddest any humans ever sounded. <laughs> and I was like, wait, is he coming back? Like, do I, do I hang up? Then I heard you yard. So I was like, oh, I closed the show. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, we're done. We're done here. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, I think, I think we would be remiss. Not to talk about the lore episode with Drew Davenport, where we just started making up random, not like not like the the Pottstown Hell Dimension, but like when we just started randomly saying like, you know, the Raven Queen from the Misty Forest. Mm-hmm. Where did Chet get that toaster? It's all in the lore. <laughs> that was a fun time. Um, I just remember early on when I would go over to your apartment. At the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And we would record there and we'd have to, it was starting to warm up and we would turn off the air conditioner because it was too loud. Mm-hmm. And we would just go as fast as we could because <laughs> we were getting very hot. Um, and I remember eating Heath Bar Crunches. Heath Bar Crunches um, for the Super Soaker episode. And we thought, we thought, this is so weird. <laughs> Can you believe that we're eating Heath Bar Crunches on air right now? That's the weirdest thing anybody's ever done. Sweet summer children. We would do far stranger things. <laughs> I remember um, I remember both of our shrimp uh, waitresses uh-huh. very well. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're doing. I have thought several times. Oh, let me look this up before I, before I butcher it. I don't want to give anybody false hope. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yes. Um, I have thought several times. Um, and I haven't texted you because I keep forgetting that while it's going on, we need to go get Applebee's all-you-can-eat boneless riblets and shrimp for mm-hmm. for $14.99 and record there since uh, Red Lobster doesn't do endless shrimp anymore. Because it, it costs them millions. Because it costs them millions. They're like, we're going to make this an all-the-time thing. Huge mistake. Yeah. I, 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 Are the riblets pork? Let me see. I'd imagine they are. Uh, well, they make it very hard to get into their website to see things. Oh, it may already be gone. What if we go sometime when it's endless pasta at Olive Garden? Uh, we can do that too. Honestly, a soup salad and breadsticks lunch could go a long way. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. I just did that the other day, actually. But it's just, we'll, it's good. We'll do another endless soon. Um, the again, the riblets. Uh, wings and shrimp just sounded. Oh, wings are good. Wings are good for me. 
I think we did talk about doing a hot one style, you know, just increase our heat as we can, as we continue. I would do that, but could you do that? I guess I would be the, the host in that scenario. I think it would be comedic. <laughs> I'm willing, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of things for my comedy and my art. Kim, we can do that episode next week. <laughs> We're here to talk about a season seven reboot. And I'm going to eat in progressively spicier wings as I do it. Well, and I'll eat them. I'll eat them with you. I just—it's not going to be this. It's, it's, not, it's not so fun. It's not so funny. <laughs> you do it, um, but me, the little baby man, <laughs> got, I mean, got goo goo so hot, so hot. I mean, we could do like we could do like a uh, we could do like a thing where I ask you, I ask you your thoughts on significant episodes of Boy Meets World. And, but every, like, um, for example, uh, all right, Cameron, from memory alone, what are your thoughts on Band on the Run? And we both eat a wing. Um, and it gets progressively hotter. Mm-hmm. And progressively <laughs> obscurer. <laughs> and progressively obscurer, yeah. Because I got some thoughts on Band on the Run. Don't I think, think I don't. Uh, you know, I, I need to watch it again to make sure. But I remember giving that one a very low rating while you and um, – uh, what's her name? Your, your fun coworker. Oh, Tara? Tara. You and Tara gave it very high scores. I would give it a much higher score now. Mm-hmm. I'll name game right now. <laughs> feeny, feeny, bobini. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll workshop the Hot Ones idea because I think it would be very fun, and I love Hot Wings. Mm-hmm. You do, and I love food. Um. We'll workshop that, but but yeah, um, I mean that those are pretty much the questions I had. Um, maybe maybe biggest disappointment would be a good question. Hmm. Biggest disappointment of Boy Meets World. I gosh, I think my okay. biggest disappointment is the lack of respect that the show seems to have for Eric. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Like he just deserves so much better than the show seems to be willing to give him. Mm-hmm. But of every joke. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode when he tries to be serious feels so unearned um, and is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite character was Eric going in. And I think you've, you've realized that he gets a bad rap. He does get a bad rap. I think I still like him the best or it might be Sean. Um, it's certainly not Corey. Topanga's not in it enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli's looking pretty good, though. But you Eli, know, he's up there. He's only in it slightly less than Topanga. Mm-hmm. Only slightly. Um, and there's probably a bigger disappointment. There's probably something more egregious. And I really like your, I really like your take about Eric. Um, because I think we could do a whole episode unpacking there, unpacking Eric. Um, and maybe we we continue this next week and unpack every character while eating spicy wings. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I think if any episode stands out as an episode that I was just utterly disappointed in, it's honestly the episode I thought was going to win the Season 7 tournament before Season 7 started, and that's The Honeymooner. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, not very good. No. I, I just remember in my in my mind's eye, I was so delighted by it. There's nothing to be delighted by. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It's it's mean to indigenous people. It's mean to Corey. It's mean to Topanga. It's mean, mean to, to Eric. Eric. Like, um, it it makes no sense with the with the, the soccer playing couple who apparently sold everything and moved there, and now they're gonna try to get everything back. It everything about that episode was just yeah, it's, just, it's very puzzling. <laughs> yeah, that one that one is definitely a surprise because it is it is. In the memory, a very fun episode, mm-hmm. but in the present, turns out not quite as fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more question, just because I thought about it, then I, I can answer it again. I can answer it first again if you don't have one. Nothing huge, nothing seasons long, nothing about like Jack's trajectory. So keep it focused on like one episode. Mm-hmm. If you could change, if you could just like make a change to an episode, like. It's a good episode, but uh, it's a good episode or a good idea or a good premise, but it's just really poorly executed. What's a change you would? Oh my goodness! I think you have to go first. Um, mine is pretty obvious because I railed about it a lot when it happened in season six. But just drop the entire stand, stand the plumber man story, or move it to another episode. <laughs> That one really did ruin. I don't even remember what the other story of that one is. It's it's Eric giving up. Um, oh yeah, Tommy giving up Tommy. That's real bad. Yeah, give it. You know, I still again the show has no respect for Eric. It has no respect for Eric, and I think a funny subplot is okay. Like, but give it a funny subplot that like relates to Eric in some way that like like weaves in and out of it and isn't like so ridiculously cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, and just move that stand, stand the plumber man because it's not terrible. I mean, it's it's nothing, and in that episode, I think it's terrible. Move it somewhere else. Just like I want to enjoy, not enjoy, but I want to like I want to be with Eric in this moment, and I can't because we have to three times in a thirty minutes have to cut to nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not. It's lesser than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um, and the sum of its parts, one sum is not very much. One sum is zero. Right. And um, you, you know the the Tommy introduction episode is so beautiful, and I really do. I think if you remove the scenes and the bummer man and just put Eric's story together, I think it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Like, man, just let it let it be something. Yeah. I think. What I would say, and this is just because we more recently talked about it, mm-hmm. um, but just reworking Angela's ashes mm-hmm. in a couple of ways, um, which is against the thing because I'm changing two things. Um, but one, making Topanga more prevalent in the episode, mm-hmm. whereas it feels like she actually has a goodbye with Angela. And two, making it more explicit of like Sean... Because it feels like in the end, Sean is losing again. Mm-hmm. But making it more explicit that he is not losing, he is choosing to let Angela go rather than feeling like he's forced into losing another thing that's important to him. For it's like he's had this character growth where it's like, no, sometimes it's okay to let things go. Um, and it's good for you and it's good for other people. And like making that more explicit. Mm-hmm. And also, it was literally a year. <laughs> It was literally a year. He's not a man with a lot of prospects at this point. Yeah, but no, I agree with that. Um, making it a story about someone with abandonment issues who trusts 
more than someone who wants something and doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a more interesting, a more interesting vibe. I mean, the real answer to the question of what you change is more Angela, more Eli, more Turner. Uh-huh. Just in the show in general. Yeah, just in the show in general. But you said not seasons long, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like, um, Yeah, but I agree with you. I agree with that. More Minkus. Huh? More Minkus. More Minkus. I agree. I agree. I love season two, but the nerds that they replaced Minkus with are not... Alvin is just the poor man's Minkus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would add to yours because I agree with it. Don't have her leave with her father at the end. Have her like, oh, at the end of the school year, I'm going to leave so she can be in the finale. Mm. Yes, she deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so very much. Well, anything else you want to? Anything else that's just coming to your mind? Thinking about your time with the show, your time recording that you just want to talk about. I just feel like it's what a what a long, strange trip it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking back, I mean, it was about four four years ago, literally, that we started recording mm-hmm. um, yeah. at this point. This um, and just it's so interesting to have a time capsule of mm-hmm. that, like this particular portion of our lives. Um, that is, even if like nobody ever listened to it. I mean, in the grand scheme of the world, basically nobody listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, even with that, and there's not been like success and like all the, you know, I never made a Squarespace ad. Um, <laughs> Squarespace made a commercial about how everybody makes a Squarespace ads all the time. Um, um, but it's still like worth it because of that. Cause like mm-hmm. I could go back I don't think I necessarily would, but if I wanted to, I could go back and just like relive sometimes in my life um, and kind of remember. Um, And it's just like this thing that exists to be able to do that. Um, Where if I just have like four normal years of my life, it would kind of be hard to think about what's changed Mm -hmm. over that time. Mm -hmm. But within the frame of doing this show, it's like, no, I can't. I can remember like, when we started, COVID hadn't happened yet. We were all like living free and easy. And like, you weren't married. You didn't even know your wife yet. I didn't. Um, it's like so many people that we met along the way. Um, I'd never beaten so many Final Fantasy games. Um, but then I did. And I talked about them on here. Um, Limit. Like, books that we've read and we've talked about. And other shows that we've talked about. I'd, gosh, I started watching Common Rider because of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like such a big thing. Um, and I don't know, just like learning how to talk about something in a way that I don't know if it's interesting. Some people like it, mm-hmm. um, but just in a way where it's like, I feel good about my opinions on things. Yeah. I yeah. Think yeah. I, I think, I think um, going along with that, because I completely agree. I think we've learned like interpretation and how you choose to see things is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really good. And I just think like, you know, I think about our listeners, like a few in particular, especially like we've been with them for pretty much the whole show. I mean, you've got Mike Jasko who's now been on the show. Um, you've got my high school friend, uh, Terrace, who uh, really did reconnect with me by listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, uh, you got like uh, Justin Black. Silva, 
Yeah. Written yeah. black. Yeah. It's like people so, that we've met that have been around all this time. We we randomly we randomly had a listener. I don't think he still listens. Um, not that I don't, I don't think he's against us or anything. Um, who I do lives in our state. Who went through a similar like religious deconstruction. Um, do you remember his name? I'm blanking on it. I knew Philip. I had Twitter I followed him. Wasn't it Philip? Philip, yes, Philip. Um, and we've had we've had those guys who like have have listened to the show and they've impacted our lives, mm-hmm. impacted theirs. So that's wild. Yeah, it is wild. Up, are you looking up Philip's name? No, I could have. Now that I don't have Twitter, I just don't have access to him. It's true. Uh, Philip, if you're listening and you do still listen. I'm sorry we lost contact, but we have a very fond memories of you. I'm looking. You don't have to. I deleted Twitter, but then I got it back because I missed my friends that I made on here. Mm-hmm. And so I just only see them and I just persistently block and mute everything else. Oh, I love that. So I just see the things that I like. Um, you can keep talking and I'm going to see. But yeah, yeah. Um it's so cool that we've made that connection with those people that we, we otherwise wouldn't have. Um, yeah. I just think that's really, I, I think that's a really neat thing, a really special thing. Um, I, I hope my hope is that Justin Silva, uh, Mike Jasko, Trenton black, uh, will follow us to other shows or at least still email us and, uh, talk to us on Instagram about, uh, about these ones. Um, because, I enjoy having them in my life. Mm-hmm. Philip Boone. Philip Boone, that is it, yes. Um, and, you know, that's not to mention, um, that's not to mention, you know, Jess and Sarah, Siege and TC, Alden and Tanya, um, who the the eight of us, like, shared this thing in common that we did. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you're still in contact with Drew a little bit. Um, and we need to, we just need to see him again. I need to see you, Drew. Um, you know, I, I, I have a, a little bit of contact with Laney Christensen still, and you've reconnect, you reconnected with a high school buddy and we met a country star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it wasn't Reba. It wasn't Reba. But she's, um, a, she's allowed on the show. Oh yeah. She's yeah, just yeah. a single mom who works two jobs, loves her well, kids, kids and never stops. Um, and she did a good job at the the national anthem. The national anthem. Um, I actually missed it because I hadn't put laundry away, and there was a bunch of laundry that needed to be put away. Yeah, and you know me. I just I hate the national anthem. <laughs> like no, thank you. Um, I, I I've heard this is true for some people and true for not. Usher's halftime show was terribly mixed for us. The sound was awful. Yeah, the sound was not good. Okay, well, that was true for you because some people who like some people that we knew who were watching the show were like, "Did you see how great Usher show was?" And we we're like, "For us, it sounded terrible. Like the crowd was louder than Usher." I feel like that's often the case at the Super Bowl because the places aren't built for sound. Carrying. I don't know. The Eras Tour does it. Yeah, but they got Taylor Swift money. That's true. Um, I thought it was good, like fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed watching it, but. Um, yeah, the sound was terrible. My wife and I were pretty bummed because we both love Usher. My older son had gone to sleep much earlier because he's sick. But my younger son was watching with us. <laughs> and like Alicia Keys starts playing. And, you know, she's wearing that cape. 
with it's kind of the low cut red and you kind of have this window mm-hmm. where you can kind of see her cleavage and he's like why are her boobs showing <laughs> we're just like you know some people just like some people want to dress like that mm-hmm. um that's a complicated question women can do whatever they want with their bodies and you're a boy so you shouldn't question it okay moving on it's, just, um, it's very funny yeah um but yeah got off track a little bit but yeah uh, I love having these people in our lives now. Um, I, I, I I forbade that as being like a, a favorite mem- a part of the show for a reason. Because it really is. Like all those people uh, we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, they are the best part. You're the best part. Yeah, you listener and guests who aren't listeners but uh, still love us, you're the best part. Mm-hmm. We love uh, you all. Yeah, class dismissed. There was. There was. We did it. Um, yeah, we're not we're not going anywhere. This isn't our last episode. It's just a time for us to to. Run yeah, life is busy, and it's been hard to um, you know get the other things going. Um, there's a certain inertia that we're now working against. <laughs> sure, yeah, but um, well, that's not even why we did this episode. We could have been ready for a for a, yeah. I mean, the reboot's not that hard. Reboot, um, and and I I have the bracket for the the final tournament. I just want that to be like. That and the timeline episode, I feel like, have to be the last. Mm-hmm. I don't know what order they'll happen in, but I just feel like those are like our marks, our finales, our going out with a bang. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, so we're not going anywhere just yet. Um. I think I think you can pretty safely expect um the reboot next week. Um. Maybe two weeks. Maybe not. Um, I don't know how much content season seven will actually give us um, for a reboot, um, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, the The worst episode tournament will be after that, um, and then you know, and then our final two that yeah. will happen at some point. Yeah, stay tuned for those last two, and you know, we did a big thing. Not a, not the amount of people who have successfully recapped an entire show. For a podcast is actually pretty low. <laughs> I think it's fairly safe to say. Um, so we're in a an, uh, small, tired group. Yeah, we're in a small, tired group. So you know, if we come up with something else to do that we want to talk about, or you know, our, our our hot ones episode, we'll do that too. What are you gonna do? Not listen to us anymore? <laughs> Not listen? I, if you've listened this long, like I feel like. The last you know what you know what to expect. Yeah, the last tournament and such. Um, it's gonna be great. Yeah, when it gets here. So, but for right now, oh, I guess follow us on all the socials. Uh huh. This is the time because earlier I mentioned my book that I was reading. That's very good. I need to tell you about it. Oh. So if you listen to the besties, Justin McElroy talked about it. Um, okay. But it's this book right here called Chain Gang All Stars by. Uh, Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is wonderful and terrible at the same time. So oh. imagine, if you will, a not so distant future where uh, inmates who have been given a life sentence can choose to forego their life sentence to take place in brutal combat sports. And if they survive for three years, they're given clemency for their crimes. Fairly similar to um, Squid Game, just. Slightly tweaked. Slightly tweaked. Um, and this one's in America. Um, but it follows 
there's a few different groups that it follows, but it mostly follows this one. It's called a chain gang. And it's like the people in your chain are the people that you like live alongside and fight alongside and like serve alongside as you complete these projects. Um, and so it's kind of following the story. The main character is this woman named Loretta Thurwar, who she's got like two weeks left until she hits her three years. Um, and so there's just like this pressure of she's been doing this for three years and it's been extremely hard on her body. Um, you would but just say like, she's a retired cop two days away from retirement. You could say that. <laughs> um, you could, but she's not a cop because the cops are not good in this book, maybe in life. Um, but it's ultimately like it's extremely brutal and violent and ultimately a discussion and takedown of the American um, penal system and incarceration system um, mm -hmm. where it's just like extremely critical of those things. You also have um, a story being told about activists who are fighting against this and like protesting against it and calling it for what it is, which is slavery, which is also much of the modern prison system in America. Um, and so it is like very poignant and very moving and touching while at the same time being extremely um, intense. And something that it does that's very interesting is, you know, it'll introduce these characters, like if they're fighting in the arena and this person that they're fighting, maybe they just, you know, get smoked and they die. But there's a little footnote that like says what their crime is. Or there's a footnote that explains portions of like the American penal code or portions that are little advertisements for um, like future for-profit prisons and their technology um, mm -hmm. and all these different things in a way that's just like, very good. I love it. I can't wait to read the rest. And I'm looking at it right now and I want to read the rest. You can. I can and I will. Um, we'll just sit here quietly, me and the listeners, and you read and just like mm -hmm. have oh. little asides. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I'll say, oh, oh my. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm. There's just a little listeners. taste of what you could have. It's up to the listeners at home to uh, read the book themselves and figure out what points at which Cameron is saying those things. Wouldn't that be funny if you provided a commentary track to an audiobook, which is just you gasping and like, oh my. Oh. <laughs> what? That can't be. No. <laughs> I would love that. Maybe maybe I should make one of those. <laughs> it's like if you hit play on this at the same time as your audiobook, it syncs up perfectly. It syncs up perfectly. You know what I could do that really well for, I think? is the Dresden Files book, Cold Days. I don't think I have ever paused a book more to just take a minute. Sometimes you got to take a minute in that one. And think about the repercussions of what's going on that I did in Cold Days. I love that. Um, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> wait. Pause the audiobook. What just happened? <laughs> Run that back. Rewind that. Hit the 30 seconds back button twice. No, that is what he said. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is, we, we should do this. <laughs> we just hit on a major business opportunity. Major business. You know, 50 cents for a, uh, you know, commentary track. Like you're reading along with a friend. <laughs> Did you just hear that? Maybe I 99. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> you know, we, we need to value ourselves and our work. 99 cents. 99 cents. I love it. It's kind of like, it, instead of riff tracks, it's ah tracks. <laughs> TM, 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 TM. 
TM, 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 TM. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to write that idea in an envelope, seal it, mail it to myself, and not open it. What's that going to do? Uh, some friends of mine told me that that's a way to like make a, uh, a really quick and dirty copyright that's probably not actually true. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we have the audio that we came up with it, right? Mm -hmm. It is timestamped, I suppose. <laughs> it's right here. I'm just saying. Well, huh. If we get sued for copyright or we sue someone for copyright, all you listeners, we're subpoenaing you. you got to come mm -hmm. testify for but it. But it's like in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, a nice way. You're going to help us. It's like chill. It's a chill subpoena. Yeah, it's just like, hey, come, come talk to us about how you listen to our podcast and we said that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're part of our legal defense team yeah yeah so basically you're all lawyers congratulations i mean anyone can be a lawyer mm -hmm. you can defend you can defend yourself mm -hmm. that's true it's not it's not that impressive to be a lawyer or impressive at all really yeah i mean why should i care um i think we've officially the well is dry one done dry <laughs> um but yes, I just wanted to tell you all about that book. Chain Gang All-Stars is superb. Yes, I've started building uh, plastic model kits again. Um, one Gundam and uh, now a uh, War Greymon. Um, and soon I will build a Common Rider Ghost. Uh, build models, it's fun. It is fun. Do things that are fun. That's another thing I learned on this yeah. show. Do things that are fun unapologetically. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, we're still... Uh, at BG World Fever uh, on Instagram. You can still email us at bgworldfever at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you wanted to rate the show because you never have before uh, and you want to give us five stars, I mean, we can still get a new audience. Yeah. Some um, people out there looking. So rating us five stars is still like a wonderful thing you can do, even though we're coming to the end. Um, and you can give like the first ever honest podcast rating. Where you've listened to the whole thing through, and you can uh, like, legitimately say like, "Oh, this was good," or "This was bad." Yeah, I'm like, um, "This is this is great." My favorite podcast, and it's like you haven't even listened to an episode. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're lying through your teeth. <laughs> so uh, rate us five stars. Um, if you don't want to rate us five stars, don't rate us. Or this is the most excruciatingly explicit podcast, which <laughs> you're also lying through your teeth. Like, come on! I still love that review. I think about it sometimes and smile. It's funny. I've come to terms with it. Um, but yeah, so um, those are also good things to do. But um, until next time, when who knows what kind of episode we'll be doing, uh, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so, so long, world. world.